Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Support WrestleTalk. Give us a subscribe. Hello and welcome to the Wrestle Ramble podcast. This is Luke Owen. Hello. I'm Ollie Davis. We still haven't I quite worked that out. I said the intro the wrong way. I was meant to say I'm Ollie Davis and I am joined by Luke Owen. Hello, Wrestle Talk Universe, Wrestle Talkers, the Wrestle Talk community. You kind of uh, messed up the intro a little bit there, but anyway, Ollie Davis. But how are you, sir? I'm good. You saved me. You saved me in that intro. That welcome. was like I said, Summerfest, and you're John <laughs> Cena going, I think you mean SummerSlam, Summer matey. Um, what do you think of today's show? Yeah, I thought it was a good one. Um, it, we, it was a, a newsworthy week for Raw and SmackDown, of course, going into SummerSlam. So we should probably go straight into it. But we're going to read some uh, iTunes reviews and give you some cheap pops first. Of course, write your own five-star reviews on iTunes and we'll read them out for you to get your cheap pop. Read some of them out. We can't promise we'll read everyone out because we get we get so many of these five-star yeah, reviews. We've got, a, we've got a backlog, so we're working our way through them. First up from Ginger Scooter, we're coming for you, Pritchard. Welcome to my Wrestle Ramble review. I'm Ginger Scooter. As much as I miss your handsome faces, I'm stoked to have a podcast that I can listen to on my way to, during, and from work. Makes it much safer, so I'm not tempted to lose myself in your eyes while driving down the interstate. I'll save the Wrestle Talk videos for when I'm dropping a deuce. <laughs> Fan of the Wrestle Talk and the Jibber Jabber. Thanks, guys. Woo! 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 Yeah! Ginger! Ah, I mean, it's quite ob- it's obvious that it happens that people watch us on the toilet. Yeah. I used to watch your videos um, when before I started working here. That, that's how I took in Wrestle Talk. Like having oh, a poo. Yeah, that's much worse right. than it actually came out. Yeah. Uh, next up from Ignacio Nacha Padilla. What a name! Thank you, guys for this podcast really makes my day you guys are honest funny and smart love how you rat oh wait that's uh there was meant to be a comma there so it wasn't honest funny it was honest funny and And there you go you got the cadence wrong you guys are honest funny and smart love how you ramble in the beginning yes so different than other podcasts it has a better flavor as we say in new orleans thank you for making wrestling fun again yeah woo! Woo, woo. wrestling is fun what's uh what's the thing that the undertaker says about the wrestlemania 34 in new orleans 
Let the good times roll. <laughs> Did you see that in the WrestleMania press conference? No, I didn't. Yeah, no. it made me die a little bit. Oh, mate. You shouldn't put him in those sorts of positions. No, he just came out and he's he just got the one line. It was before the Roman Reigns match, of mm. course. And he goes, let the good times roll. I thought you were just going to say, what's the age going I'm the big dog in yeah. this yard. So, uh, yeah. But, uh, yeah, have fun in your lean. So that's going to be great next year. Lucky you. I was going to say, yeah, lucky you. And one last one for now. We'll read out a few more at the end. Uh, this is from the guy leaving this comment. That's Thank a very you. literal username. So awesome. Perfect addition for podcast addiction. Yes. I believe that's their podcast uh, provider. So woo, woo! well done. Let's get into the show. That was another way of saying subscribe to the podcast. It's free. Uh, as recommended by my lady partner, uh, who's not a fan of wrestling, but mm. she loved the story that you told on uh, on Monday's episode when i had a had a had a disagreement with an 8 year old child yes. about wrestling yes she thought it was hilarious and she mm. doesn't i had to go kind of give a bit of context um i mean she knows who who roman reigns is so i was like just remember he gets booed a lot does she like him uh yes she thinks he's quite dreamy he is dreamy mm. and he's got the the sweaty hair yep yeah is it, what, so, what 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 more do you want in a man her first wrestling uh, experience was watching wrestlemania with uh, me and john who you met at the weekend like the best mm-hmm. man at my wedding mm-hmm. new uh, groom order new groom order groom world order Gro- whichever one it was yeah someone said groomsday but i think that's a bit that seems a bit like dark and apocalyptic new world groom <laughs> But anyway, so she was there uh, to watch WrestleMania. I can't remember which year it was, but it was the one where Undertaker's streak ended when uh, Lesnar beat him. Oh, so it was third, tw- 31. 31? I want to say 31. Yeah. It didn't happen the same night as Brian, did it? Yes, it did. Oh, so, so it was, it was WrestleMania 30. 30. It was 30. Yeah. Okay, so anyway, WrestleMania 30 was her first wrestling... Because it had the wicked opening as well with Rock, Austin and, and Hogan. Yeah, yeah. So brand new, coming to wrestling, had no idea what was going for the first half an hour of the show. Because... Neither did Hulk Hogan. <laughs> he thought he was in a completely different place. But as soon as Roman Reigns came out, all of a sudden her eyes just lit up. And she was like, who's he? And I was like, oh, that's Roman Reigns. And she's like, he's very dreamy. I was like, yeah, I think a lot of people like him. Women and children. That's that's what he's made for. He's not made for these two guys. <laughs> Although it, we do we do respect his wrestling ability. Oh dear God, we haven't started the timer. But I see what my funny... this is unfiltered <laughs> rambling. We have no idea when to start. My favorite uh, moment from WrestleMania 30 though was when um, they did the pro- uh, the video package for Lesnar Undertaker, and she just looked at us and was like, oh cool, so like that big Lesnar guy's winning then. And me and my buddy John were like, no, no. So it's The Undertaker. He never loses a WrestleMania. And she was like, yeah, but have you seen the size of him? Yeah. And have you seen that video pack? Like, you see, like, the hype? He's definitely winning. And we were like, oh, God. Kate. Oh, I said, her, I said her name. She's a natural I said, I said, at I, predicting I, wrestling. I said, it's not happening. You just, you just don't understand. You mm. just don't understand the world of professional wrestling. Did you mansplain wrestling <laughs> to your lady partner? <laughs> we were a bit drunk by this point. We were actually, sure. we were actually very drunk. And by the this misogynist point. within you came out. It just came up with it. Yeah. A, I was drunk. I was drunk, man. Drunk tweeting. Um, but I just sort of like, I was like, you, you'll, you'll see. The Undertaker will win. And then, and then yeah. when, when Lesnar won, she just looked. I was like, see, I told you he'd win. It was quite obvious he was going mm. to win. And uh, we were we were stunned, stunned that, out of our boots. That was the most stunned I've ever been from a, for a wrestling outcome. She filmed yeah. my reaction. 
Um, we we could have almost like, had I been working here at that time, we could have posted up a uh, a live reaction. A live reaction. Because video. and not only that, it was a very drunk reaction as well. Both me and my friend just sort of stood up and hugged each other. Like because a, you were sad. It was like a more like a huh, ah, just, just had to hold each other yeah, for like, yeah. out of out of shock, drunken shock. And then it just led to a, a kiss and a fondle. <laughs> yeah, God, I was so drunk that night. Yeah, I bet yeah. you were. Anal probes. Shall we get on to uh, SmackDown because this week we're going to review SmackDown first. Yeah, we get a lot of complaints on this uh, this video on this channel because we don't give don't give SmackDown enough time, and people think that's because um, we spend so much time on Raw. The real reason is because. There's less to talk about with SmackDown usually. There's so, an hour less of it. Hour less of it. There isn't. There's no storylines. Yeah, mostly we talk about the wrong stuff with Raw. Yeah. So and that takes up a long time. Uh, so yeah, hopefully that this is a way to address. Maybe it is a timing thing though. Maybe we just maybe spunk all our energy on Raw <laughs> and, and like, we're tired when yeah, it comes to fine, SmackDown. Whatever. But anyway, so yeah, let's talk about SmackDown. It's a SmackDown review, Maggle. I love it. We got us a flying Uso. SmackDown started off with Tom Phillips going crazy about the biggest main event ever in the history of anywhere. Okay, so SmackDown Live used to be called the Land of Opportunity. I've decided to uh, rename, rechristen it the Land of Hyperbole Mm. because that's that's all we get now. Each and every week, it's the biggest this, it's the best that, it's the most anticipated whatever. As soon as they said like it's the biggest main event, I was like, didn't we just have one of those? If you keep saying this is the biggest, this is the best, this is the whatever, that phrase starts to lose all meaning, Mm. especially when you just use it for just any old random match. So Jinder Mahal versus John Cena is not the biggest match in SmackDown history. It's a big match. Big match. So you should say, we have a massive main event for you tonight. Absolutely. That works just as well, because yeah. it rings so hollow when you say it's the biggest main, one of the biggest main events in history. He didn't even history. say one of, he said the biggest. Did he? Because Did he? J- JBL then started going like, I've been here since the first episode of 1999 yeah, yeah. and I've never seen a main event as big as this. I'll go a bit Yosemite Sam sometimes when I do that. Uh, yeah, you do. Uh, it's just that they, they do it so often, and it's it's been a problem with WWE commentary for ages. And it's I see where you're coming from it from a promoter perspective, but you're you're burning people out. It's like hot shot booking. You don't want to promote something at the expense of that phrase meaning something later on down the line when mm-hmm. it genuinely is possibly the biggest match in SmackDown history. Yes. So this was all John Cena versus Jinder Mahal. It wasn't even a title match. No. It just the it's m- the biggest main event <laughs> in SmackDown history. What does that say about your WWE Championship? Yeah. Now, this... But that isn't to say it wasn't a big match, because it was a big match. It certainly was. And but there's an argument for should they have given it away on television like this, just like the Nakamura one with, uh, Cena. with Cena before. And... I don't really care. That I can see the argument for it. It looks like Cena's going over to Raw. Yeah. Probably won't have a chance to work with Mahal again. And it was uh, India's Independence Day. It was the something anniversary. The, okay, so I mean, I I didn't get quite as hot about this match being given away. I, it's a first time, you know. I've had my I said mm. my piece mm. about like you only have so many firsts within the world of wrestling. You shouldn't just waste them. Um, Cena versus Mahal was never in my dream list. No, exactly. But like Cena versus Nakamura, that's a dream match for wrestling fans. Mm. Like wrestling fans who might not be subscribed to the WWE Network, but are fans of New Japan or Ring of Honor or something like, oh, do you know what? I mean, I'm no fan of WWE, but I really want to see that match. That might convince them, even if they just subscribe for the the 30-day free trial, just to see that match. 
Whereas, like, I think there's not really anyone who's like, oh, Joe, I can't wait to see Cena versus Jinder. Like, that's a dream match of mine. Don't think that's ever the case. It could have. It could have been if handled not not a dream dream match, but it could have been. You know, a, it could have been, been a built up to match. Could have been a big four pay per view semi main event that and could have. It, and that's the other thing as well. When you keep saying like it's the biggest main event in SmackDown history, it was no build to it. Yeah, like you can't kill something that calls something the biggest main event if there's been no hype or or build. So all that out of the way, we'll talk more about it later on because it turns out the match meant very little in the grander scheme of things. Uh, this segment, Mahal came out to open SmackDown, had a big, nice indie... Ind- I keep on saying Independence Day. Oh, there was Independence Day. Yeah. I used that in the review. Very good. Uh, and he had dancers, and there was a lady singing India's National Anthem. The Singh brothers were like they doing some crazy jive, moves. They? Oh, they were loving it. Yes. And I was like, you know, when Jinder first won the belt and he had that really awesome celebration and a lot of people who wanted to boo him were actually like, fair play. This is quite fun and colourful, actually. I'm (laughs) going to start cheering and boogieing along. Not this crowd. No, US do not like India independence. Either. Rhode Island. So this, yeah. so this was Rhode Island. Yeah. A hot crowd. Very, and two good crowds Very this week. Very great Boston, crowds this week. Oh. off the back of Toronto last week. Yeah. Very, a, a good run of it's, hot crowds. It's yeah. really weird as well, because like interest in the product is clearly down, but the crowds that are showing up to these events, actually, I'd say for the last month or so, have been red hot. Well, they're, they're, quite, they're quite hot cities though, aren't they? Those. Yeah. I wonder if they book those. I would say the Providence, Rhode Island, is like a a, a, a traditional hotbed. Yeah, I guess so. But the, Boston is, yeah. Boston would be Toronto's. Are I? I don't know if they planned those ahead of big pay per views to have an actual hot mm. city. Um. Well, I guess you would have saved Toronto for this week. I don't know. Anyway, great crowd. So yeah, and they were very anti-India, you know, and... I don't know, I'm not sure they were anti-India. They were anti-Jinder. They, they were booing the heel. They were definitely cheering that... Maybe they weren't anti-India, but they were definitely pro-USA. <laughs> yes, they were, Because yeah. there was a USA chance. I read a, v- a review on cage-side seats who do tend to be a bit social agenda-pushing in their reviews of wrestling, and... Their, they, their view of this was... Holly Davis shoots on cage I, I know. Well, I like cage side seats, but uh, I, I don't necessarily agree with the reviews. That's the, the beauty of opinion. I, I don't have to hate someone to disagree with their stuff. <laughs> what a novel concept. And they, they said, after the recent events in, on, at the, in uh, Charlestown, was it, on Saturday? Charlottesville. Charlottesville. Uh, it's, it's not a, a good idea to have such a trans obvious um, xenophobic angle. Mm-hmm. I thought I I disagree with that. I thought they tread the ang- the line very well here between Jinder being a hero in India and the way Jinder was saying it, it's like you're you know you disrespect me, but but the reason we're disrespecting him is because he cheats, not because of his ethnicity. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, that's the way it's meant to come across, and yeah. that's why people boo him. Uh, and I you know I kept on thinking how would this how would I perceive this if this was Wade Barrett. And Wade Barrett got this mega push. And I'll be like, I don't care how he wins. I want Wade Barrett to keep kicking ass because he's English. What would his celebration look like, though? Because oh my like, god! Like, 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 we a knight? Have, like... He'll get knighted. Oh, oh but... no! They would do it so. It would be, so it would be brilliant. Ho- it would so be brilliant. Hokey. He'd come to get a butler with white gloves. No, like, the last the... thing, the last thing this country needs is more like stereotypes like that. Like. India are very proud of Bollywood, as well they should be. It is a huge, um, like, cultural thing. Like, it's it's expanded far beyond the the, the regions of their massive mm-hmm. country. It's now a worldwide uh, phenomenon. 
fair play to them. That's awesome. Over here, it's just like what I don't want is just like someone come out dressed like the Queen and uh, butlers and like black or ca- oh, yeah, uh, black cabs, phone boxes. There are no phone boxes in the UK anymore. We don't have red phone boxes. We have the internet. There are a few. They're, <laughs> no. they're around as a monument. I was going to say this seems like landmarks. It's I I don't know. I mean, way, maybe Wade Barrett isn't the guy to do that with because he's. You know, you could, you, could, you could present him in a better way. But just imagine an English champion and you really play up the old classic, it, the Brits are the villains in movies. Yeah. And it's re- you you really play on that. I, I, so, he's got, so he's got a base in a, a volcano. Yeah, base in a volcano. <laughs> yeah. Give him an eye patch. <laughs> From what I have read, maybe there's America doesn't necessarily like a, a history of a class system. So you play that up, you know, just like we used to own. There's so much easy, cheap heat I'm you English. could get. So basically doing it just str- for being English. Yeah, I'm English, therefore I'm better than you. Mm. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't have a problem with that at all. No. And I thought, okay, so if I don't have a problem with that, and they're doing that with an Indian person, uh, like it's fine. I well okay so I I I thought the celebration was really fun. I thought it was really yeah, really I, great. I thought it was good. And I thought it was a good way. I I I don't think it's it, they should really play down the oh, I don't know do they because I I think they are trying to tap into the racism side of it which I don't overly agree with. I'd rather them boo him just because I cheat to win. Mm. But I'm very proud of my heritage. But when it does it does come across sometimes it's just like we're now booing what well, we we're yeah, but like the crowd are just, are just booing Indian culture, and that's when it comes. That's where the blurred lines are a little yeah. bit. Yeah, it's it's people. Maybe some people were booing it for the wrong reasons, mm. but I think you could definitely boo that segment for the right reasons. Yeah, for actual because he's a heel who cheats and he's saying things that aren't true. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and of course, to to further this, the big baby face who's challenging him is also. Not American or or Caucasian. He's Shinsuke Nakamura. He is very much Japanese. Yeah, he came out. I think he's. I mean, he only probably said about twenty words. I think that was about seventeen words too many. <laughs> I okay. So someone actually tweeted both of us uh, this mm. morning saying like, "Why are Nakamura's promos so weird?" And I actually like Nakamura's promos because he it separates him from everyone else. No one cuts a promo like Shinsuke does. It's the same thing with, like, yeah, same thing with like the Usos. No one cuts a promo like the Usos. Mm. It makes them stand out when they're doing their promos. When Nakamura was doing this in NXT, they were smart enough not to give him long things. He would just say like five words, but he would say them in such a stilted, odd way because his grasp of the English language is much better than he, give, he puts on on TV. He was on Jericho's podcast and speaks mm. quite eloquently. Like, you know, he is Japanese and he's got... It's not that it's not it's not he's not fluent in English, but he can speak it very well and very succinctly. But when he cuts promos, he doesn't do it. He does like what we perceive him to be, I guess. Mm. And I I kind of like that. I like it. Just I think it makes him look. It makes him stand out. It's when they give him naff dialogue when yeah. they during the Dolph Ziggler feud. That's what does it in. I mean, it's just it's I. You can use managers for baby faces. Mm-hmm. I just I you know he'll be so much better packaged with a manager. Uh, yeah. Like a big fight, someone who's promoting big fights around Shinsuke Nakamura, not like a someone who tries to weasel out of stuff mm-hmm. or is slimy like Paul Heyman. I was thinking about because I listened to the Paul Heyman Something to Wrestle podcast and I was thinking, God, for all of WWE's and Vince McMahon's aversion to managers, two of their biggest stars ever who weren't amazing at the mic when they on the mic when they started, or at least their character didn't require uh, like was was better for a manager. 
The Undertaker and Brock Lesnar, mm-hmm. they were so big. Why? Why you? Why do you go against it so like much with, now? With the Undertaker, it was meant to be. It was a character piece for him. That, character that, piece, that, yeah. so he very rarely spoke, mm. and they had someone speak for him. But I don't know why they hate managers. It's, it's the same way. Like they hate tag teams. But I, I, I think managers are great in wrestling. Yeah. The Heenan family is one of the most memorable things in in wrestling because mm. of Bobby Heenan because he was so good. I, uh, I think it's they're missing a trick. Yeah. So that was the opening segment, and Tom Phillips said a few more times, "Biggest main event of all time." This was um, our only build to their SummerSlam match. That's a good point. Well, they had Nakamura cut a promo backstage that's last week. That's not really build, is it? Like that's. Like, it was and, on the way. <laughs> like Jinder, even when he was talking, when he was doing his promo today, I was like, "Right, when's he going to mention SummerSlam? Yeah, when's he going to mention SummerSlam? When are we going to like? When are we going to get to the fireworks factory?" Come on, guys. Like, let's build this main event, shall it's we? The, the biggest party of the summer. So someone... I mean, this is a, another... None of the go-home angles were very good, I thought, on this show. Um, either, even the big one, which we'll come to, obviously. So next up, we had Natalia beating Becky Lynch. Made Natalia look strong. Yep. I thought it was a decent match. Decent match, yeah. yeah. My, just like, man, I love Naomi. Mm-hmm. I think Naomi is ace. I think she's fantastic in the ring. I think she's got a brilliant look. I think she has got a gimmick that makes her stand out from every other female wrestler on the roster. Mm-hmm. I love her entrance. She is awful when it comes to improvising on commentary. She just doesn't know what to say. Mm. Every time they put her out on to do color commentary, she just freezes up. Like, she sat down and was like, JBL's like, you got a big match coming at the end of She's like, yeah. And like, there was a big pause because I think they were all like, Cool, and now she's going to cut a promo. And during this match, she offered nothing. And it really exposes people mm. when you do these sorts of things. So I felt really bad for Naomi. Because she, she looks great as champion, but as soon as you put her into these improvisational pits, she just she freezes up. What do you make of the GLOW championship belt? Because some people have, you know, we nobody liked the spinning belt. Made it look like a gimmick. I liked the US one when okay. he first did it. And this is similarly gimmicking up a championship belt. Yeah, I, I happen to like it. I can't explain why I prefer this over when I didn't like the spinning belt. Okay, but the thing with the spinning belt, when John Cena first won the WWE Championship, and he, I, I, me and my, I was at university, and my friends and I were just like, I can't wait to see what belt he's going to debut, because he did it with the US belt. Mm. He took the US belt and he blinked it up. That was his character. And I was like, I can't wait to see what he's going to do with it. And he brought it out and it span, and I was like, oh yeah, that, that's cool. Problem is then when other people win it. Yes. And that's when it starts to look goofy. And you're like, why are these... Is it, is, it would be like when Stone Cold had his smoking skull belt, yeah. which I wasn't overly keen on, but he had the smoking skull belt. And if other if The Rock won it and then just carried on defending it against someone else, um, no, you, just, you go back to the proper world title. And I felt that's what they should have done when... Um, like, you know, when Naomi loses uh, the women's championship... I'd imagine they'll just take all the glow stuff off of it. Mm, unless they want, so. Unless they just want to use it for heel heat to begin with. And then I'd use it as an angle to tearing it off. That sweet, sweet toy tie-in money, though. You well, cannot the... get around that. It was a very toyrific title, the spinning and the glowing. Yep. Uh, so, yes, and then Carmella came out and was like, it doesn't matter who wins, Natalia or Nomi, because I got the money in the bank briefcase. Not as guaranteed as it sounds, Carmella, mm-hmm. as we will find out later on. Few more teases for the biggest main event ever. <laughs> then Rusev took on Chad Cable. I got, I got excited. I got excited. Because I thought this was going to be a great match. 
It wasn't. You, you keep talking. I'm going to have a sipple on my coffee. Um, I see. I brought my mm, coffee up, but I didn't think we were going to drink it on air. Um, I thought this was going to be a great match because they already had one very good <sighs> encounter. That's one damn fine cup of coffee. Damn fine cup of coffee. Uh, I thought they were going to have a really good outing. Unfortunately, it didn't. It was just more of an angle to set up. Um, I'm not going to put that there. Actually. No, I wouldn't put it there. More just to set up Randy Orton coming out and RKOing Rusev out of nowhere. Yeah. It's actually a double count out loss. Um, and he kind of threw him over the announce table. Never heard from Chad Gable again. You and I have been uh, talking about how great SmackDown have actually been. What they've been doing with Chad Gable is putting him over in defeat. Mm. Mm. This felt like a giant step backwards. This oh, made I... him look like a jobber chump. He's, he may as well have been Ty Dillinger in this situation. No, no, no. I think uh, I think it was fine um, because Chad Gable isn't. Sometimes you've got to you've got to understand that people are at the top and then other people are down here. Mm-hmm. And you've got SummerSlam coming up. Chad Gable doesn't have anything on the show. Rusev does. It was Rusev just started beating him up. Chad Gable had a bit of offense at the start. He looked good, but then. Rusev just started hammering him into the steps and stuff. Dude, I agree with you. Yeah. Don't put Chad Cable in that position then. Put someone else but put someone in who you don't have plans for. Just but you have jobbers for mm. a reason. You put jobbers in these positions for reasons because they're jobbers. But sometimes you you can't always use jobbers because it people turn off automatically like ah it's just a going to be a throwaway match. Whereas this, at least you're like, oh, I saw this match two weeks ago. I, I can totally see the reasoning behind it, why, why you would someone would take umbrage with Chad Gable being in this spot. But I I think he's fine. I, I felt like this was a step back for, for Mr. Gable. Well, Also, Randy Orton's boring. Yeah, but he does have <laughs> so, but, a hell of a finisher. Well, that's what's over, isn't it? It's the yeah, RKO yeah. that's over. And yeah, and it was a sweet RKO as well. So Rusev gets the count out draw. So yeah. actually, also, Chad Gable drew a match. Uh, also as well, I um, did my favourite spot in wrestling, which is when someone puts a submission manoeuvre on the table. Like, oh, yeah. does that make it worse? It should just smash afterwards. <laughs> you know, like when they do the joke in Family Guy a lot, uh, where a horse and carriage flies off the side of the yeah. building and then the horse explodes just like the, the old action movie thing the table should just explode so rusev then gets into the ring after the, afterwards it takes a while for him to get the mic and st- he's just about to speak I'm like oh here we go here comes a long promo and he gets out randy and then randy comes out of nowhere I didn't even mean to say <laughs> that and hits the rko it was very good camera work also, it makes Randy Orton look like a dick because where was he saving Chad Gable being beaten yeah, up? Yeah, yeah. What a knob. Yeah, that happens a lot, doesn't it? Doesn't it doesn't, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, it, it reminded me very much, because I watched uh, it again a couple of days ago, the fantastic Goldberg Spear after oh, a WrestleMania, a WrestleMania yeah. 33. Oh, Brock, was it an F5 right out the gate? Yeah. And then Brock's like up, he's yeah. celebrating, and then out of nowhere... Camera, oh. camera. I mean, I, we hate on Kevin Owen quite a lot on this show, but... There are some times when he nails it, when he, like the camera just pulls back mm. and then the spear out of nowhere. Oh, man, that yeah, match is awesome. That was inspired. We should watch that at lunch. Yeah, well, it's, we could watch that probably in between takes. <laughs> it's a, it's a five-minuter. So after that, we had a backstage segment with Lana and Tamina. There's still... It looks... At least Lana seems to be taking a step back from in-ring competition. She was back in her old... Russian ravishing Russian manager gear mm-hmm. so not in ring gear she was dressed up in a kind of semi suit and Tamina comes in and is like I was, I was going to challenge for the title I mean, you and put far too much emotion into that acting there I thought no it's too much inflection 
I thought uh, still too so much inflection, isn't it? Too much in me. Ah. So yeah, she you... said I was meant to have a championship match. I, you were meant to help me. And Anna goes, problem with you is you can wrestle. And I thought, <laughs> can she? And but you're not, you know, you're not glamorous, and you haven't. No one cares about it. People just walk past you, which is a I thought was quite a nice line. That's a nice dynamic. Unfortunately. I mean, Lana, they're definitely putting her back in the right place, which yeah. is as a manager, and hopefully she can work on her in-ring stuff. What, in, I, what I would say, time. though, is like we haven't been give, never been given a storyline reason why she's not managing Rusev anymore. Yeah. Like, they've never mentioned it in any promos Trade. or on commentary. Like, it's grand. I think it's going to be good that she's a manager again, mm. and she'll probably be a very good manager for Tamina, even though Tamina's not that great. Um, But, I... It just makes no storyline sense as to why they're both on the same brand, yeah. but she's not managing him anymore. Like, I'd have loved to put Rusev in a storyline where he, in his bravado, puts his managerial services of Lana on the line. Mm. And if he lost the match, Lana couldn't manage him anymore. And then that's fine. That would get him over as a massive baby face. <laughs> and that could have then given that, that would have given it some impetus for Lana to become a wrestler mm. that would have given a storyline reason for her to become a wrestler and then a storyline reason for her again to become a manager but not for Rusev there are so so many ways you could have done this uh, this much better you could have you could I would just have kept them together you could have had Lana say I want to try wrestling and Rusev's like you can't wrestle yeah. you're a manager or you're you could have woman. had humorous uh, backstage skits of her training Rusev her. training her well, so oh. both are way better than what we got, which is no Pro- explanation. Problem thing. we got there is that we we'd create, try to create storylines, and yes. SmackDown seemed to be quite averse to having storylines. Or just keep Lana with Rusev, and have her bring on a new female competitor. I was just trying to, as you were talking, I was trying to think who that could be because it would need to be a monster. Mm-hmm. You couldn't pair like an Emma with her or something, or a Summer Rae. Tamina isn't, you know, hasn't got it. Nia Jax is doing pretty well, I think, by herself. Uh, so, is there anyone down in NXT or from the uh, Mae Young Classic? Oh, there's that um, Sonya Deville, the MMA fighter girl with the braids, mm-hmm. um, who, while not like a dominating monster, is at least someone who's like, well, she looks like a, a tough badass. I think it would need to be an Eastern. Her braids. It would need to be an Eastern European thing. Mm. I think a Viper. Who's a, a British wrestler? She's large. Oh, yeah, I mean, yeah, she yeah. could pass as Eastern European, and she could be—you know—just don't let her speak, or she could just do an accent. Everyone you, else is. I was going to say you, you want to do glow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just have, just have like this Eastern European block. They could be called the Eastern Block. <laughs> ah. Anyway. Anyway. I digress. That's the thing that's happening. Next up, we had AJ Styles coming out to apologise to Shane McMahon. Yeah, so, I'm sorry, Shane so, McMahon. Remember last week when we uh, reviewed the segment they had last time when AJ kicked Shane and we were like oh brilliant they're finally creating a storyline into this where now Shane can't mm. really trust either guy there might be a bit of a three way altercation who is Shane going to try and screw one of them out of it and then the first lines within this promo are just like I know the kick was next and so it's fine we're cool yeah. and I was like oh okay so there is no storyline going into this yeah, there's can't... no reason for Shane to be ref Shane can't look bad well there is a reason which Shane laid out and that is well if you get physical with me, that's why no other ref can do this. That's why McMahon Man is in there. Right. If you get physical, I'm going to get physical back I and can, I'm going to put right. you in your place. Here's the thing. They've not been getting physical with the refs. The refs have been, been rubbish. The, the refs yeah. have been rubbish and they've been hit by them because they've been out of position. But they've not been getting physical with them. 
it's not like they've been beating up refs on purpose. Mm. Just the refs have been in the way. They've every time they've done it, it's been an accident. That would that would actually be a pretty good storyline. Refs keep getting injured in these matches between them because the the, the rivalry is so, so intense. He's, and the referees they say, I'm not doing this anymore. Yeah. I, I'm not refereeing that match. And Shane has to step. That's the step in. That's so much. A better. much better way of doing it. Uh, I mean, like. Well, we this, don't. This think, is what happens when we do SmackDown first. We just come up with better ways. We don't think about these much outside. We just talk, right? And we come up. I like. I genuinely think that's a better idea. Yeah. You've got a team of writers. <laughs> I guess it's all down to one man, though, isn't it? It's like Road Vince dog. will say, "Oh yeah." Well, <laughs> well Vince will still approve. Yeah, it, Vince. Will, yeah, of course will. Uh, so, yeah, it's it's not exciting me. I was excited two weeks ago when the that segment you described it was happened. Last week. It was last week. Okay. And the go home angle has made me less excited. Yeah, I mean, it. I, I kind of liked when um, uh, Kev, Kevin Owens kicked Shane only because he sold it so well. Um, Shane? And, no. Um, oh, Kev, Owens. Yeah, yeah. yeah Owens. Because Shane just kind of sat there on the floor like this. Well, he can't look. Can't look um, like he's weak. No. Because he's a big man. He can out wrestle AJ Styles. We saw that at WrestleMania. He can beat up a helicopter. <laughs> he can go toe to toe with the Undertaker mm. inside Hell in a Cell. See, that's. That's another bit. Like I don't, but I do like Shane McMahon, and I love it when he goes into matches. But he always went when I loved him as a kid, and and kind of more recently, he went in most definitely as the underdog. Yes, and everyone was like, "Oh my god, you're just the boss's son. You're not a wrestler." But now he's like, he's pretty in shape. He's got he's he talks about his MMA background, and now he's going toe to toe with the wrestlers like. Yeah, I'm not scared of you. Come on. Yeah. Why, does, why aren't you on the roster? Yeah, it does lessen the impact of the other wrestlers. Yeah. So, I yeah, I'm not a big fan of but it. I, th- I think at the, what at the, we said at the very better. least, I thought that Kevin Owens' selling of him accidentally kicking Shane in the face was very good because mm. Kevin Owens is the he's the polar opposite of Tamina. He can act. Yeah, he's and great. he's very good at emoting stuff. And I loved it because his whole thing in this show was like, I'm going to come out and I'm going to make AJ look worse, and I'm going to suck up to the referee and make mm. myself look better. And all he did was kick the referee in the face and just even, essentially just like, my plan backfired. Yeah. Oh, I was so great. It's, uh, I, I, don't, I don't care about this match anymore, as I just said. Mm. But what I do care about, just from an interest perspective, I'm intrigued, is how this match plays into what seems to be next, and that's Kevin Owens versus Shane McMahon. Yeah. I... I I don't. I can't really come up with a way to do it, so I'm curious to see how they're gonna, gonna I, transition. I, yeah, I, I think again that it's gonna be. Um, I wonder if like Shane will fast count it, mm. and Kevin Owens will be screwed out of the title again, and that will lead to a feud between the two. Yeah. Maybe. I hope there's a bit more than just oh, I'm Shane, I'm innocent, and the heel's bad. I, I hope there's a bit more meat to it. Mm-hmm. I tell you what does have meat and three dimensional characters: Daniel Bryan, babyface general manager of SmackDown. Not when the Usos are around, because he wants to be a rapper so bad. Look at them desperately trying to cling on to talking smack angles uh, and trying to bring them over into the into the main show. It was so funny, and it made this was you know what this might have been the best thing on the show this segment because Fashion Peaks <laughs> was pretty good, but yeah. you know this, this you really, really made me smile. This, this was the first thing you said to me when I came in when I was making some toast. You were like, "How good was the Daniel Bryan yeah. segment?" It's just I love Dorky Dad Daniel. <laughs> And uh, he is very good at it. And, you know, I I actually liked the idea that a tag team would go and find out which combination of the New Day they're facing. So good. Um, Actually, we'll talk about this when we come on to the main event. Mm. But there was a great tete-a-tete between um, uh, Byron Saxton and JBL uh, talking about that point. Mm. Um, 
In fact, I'll, I'll just jump to it now because I might because oh, yeah. I might forget. So Byron brought up quite correctly that the Usos made a genius play mm-hmm, by mm-hmm. finding out who these two are. And he said, no tag team has ever found out who the lineup is going to be going into their match. And JBL trying to be Corey Graves, thinking that he can shut down or thinking that he's picking on David Otunga again yeah. or whatever, just says to me, it's like, oh yeah, Byron, like how many three, uh, three bird tag teams have there been? Thinking that what Byron said was, it's the first time any tag team has ever gone out and found any lineup. And like that sort of thing should happen all the time. Mm. And then Tom Phillips goes, no, what he was saying was that ah. with the New Day. And then JBL was like, yeah, still stupid. There was a good Booker T moment like that on Raw. We'll come on to that in the Raw bit. If only we had some form of like a, a, a like a buzzer to, to press where every time JBL said something incorrect... Yeah, sounds like a good gimmick. What well, we need, we need some sort of clock, maybe. Yeah, that sounds yeah, good. Like, a like clock it's a, oh, he's, it's time that he's done something incorrect that, again. Uh, yeah, maybe that's, that's a good gimmick. Maybe we'll, we'll, good, we'll brainstorm that. That's later. a genuinely good gimmick. We're not throwing shade. <laughs> we both enjoy. It. I love it's John O'Clock. It MFers. doesn't get old. <laughs> it <really laughs> it's always in funny. Fact, it's the more <laughs> it happens in the show, the funnier it is. Yeah, it's the intros just before it happens. <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> So uh, oh, I've forgotten a, where we were. What a lad! Right, so that bit was good. The Daniel Bryan segment was good. Unfortunately, and it, it made it made sense from a character perspective because the New Day jumped the Usos the week before. Mm-hmm. Usos wanted revenge. They're fight. You know, they're they're thugs. They're gonna beat people up who do that to them. They're not chicken S word heels, which I much I, I don't really like chicken S word heels all the time. So that's good. The heels actually want in a match. Uh, so they had it against the the people who they won't won't be facing. So it was Kofi Kingston and Xavier Woods rather than Xavier Woods and Biggie, who will be the combination at SummerSlam. Unfortunately, that is just WWE doing the same match over and over again to build to pretty a very similar I, match. I'm going to disagree with you there because I I liked this mm. and I thought this was a you know we have said before turned that out into a really good match. I is think. you know it's a really good match. And the New Day did not look weak in defeat because that duo have already beaten the Usos because that's that was the duo that won the mm. tag team titles off of them. So you could call it 50-50 booking. It is 50-50 booking. But at the same time, to build up into their match at SummerSlam, the Usos now going in like, we've already beaten them. Mm. And we all we've got to do is just beat them again at SummerSlam and we get our tag titles back. I didn't actually have an issue with this, although I did think that the angle last week was much better. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah. The new day really showed fire, and as as well because what the thing I didn't like about this segment was that the fire that the new day showed last week wasn't there this week. Mm. They were just back to being wacky new day Game throwing, of Thrones reference. Yeah, throwing uh, I didn't understand those uh, throwing cereal on people. Mm. So I felt that I'd have liked to have seen them with that serious edge that they showed last week because that was that was so awesome when they did it. Have either team faced anyone else for the last two months well no but that's the problem when you have a um, a bland split and uh, you only have a set number of tag teams on each on each side Sami Zayn Ty Dillinger that Harper and Eric Rowan they're uh, there yeah, well, you, yeah. could, you could whack them together when was the last time Breeze Ango had a match well they're too busy like in fashion peaks so that is speaking a good transition fashion peaks speaking the of last one of the Fashion Peaks parodies, at least. Hopefully they'll be back with a different cop show to homage. Uh, well, I actually felt that. They were saying that this was the end of the skits. 
because they kept saying it's like the season finale is the last one and at the end of it we'll come on to the we'll actually talk about the meat of it in a minute but at the end of it it was just like they'll return in two weeks so it's going to be the week after the first mm. show following SummerSlam so yeah we're not getting a reveal at SummerSlam as previously reported and I, it just feels that they're going to do an in-ring segment that will end these skits so there was a good line in there where they both joked about it's almost like we're making, we're making it up as we go along and then looked around all sheepishly. It's very funny. Uh, and they probably are. No way they thought it was going to catch on like this. Oh, God, no. Uh, like three, three months ago, however yeah. long it's been going. Uh, but I do hope they found something to retroactively fit in there that's a good payoff and it's not just something limp. Uh, and, and yeah, I think the only way to do that is to repackage a tag team or to bring up a sanity. Uh, do you know what I would like to see uh, the fashion police do when they come out of this and they stop doing the skits? Because let's be honest, as much as I love the skits, they can't keep doing this every week. Mm. Because eventually, the way that WWE do, they just drive things into the ground. They just they just cr- keep driving it until... I'm still loving it, though. Oh, and I'm still loving yeah, it as well, yeah. but there's only so much you can keep doing this. So I'd actually like to see them do... Go back to having matches, go back into other storylines... But every time they have a match, they come out dressed in different costumes and essentially have different personas mm-hmm. depending on. So if you're a tag team facing them, you don't know which side of Breeze Anger you're going to yeah. get. You may get the Fashion X Files. You may get Fashion Peaks. You may get uh, the original, the, the 50s cops, the, uh, the, the noir stuff. Mm. And they wrestle differently when they're in those matches. They'll be and I, I I am excited to see them in the ring again because they're both very good very wrestlers. Good, yeah. And there isn't a comedy act on in WWE right now. Is there a comedy act in no, WWE? No, none in like like actual in-ring oh, comedy in ring, wrestling. Yeah. I'm oh, talking yeah. Santino. And you people turn their nose up at that stuff. But I funny I love comedy. Funny don't make money. But funny but can. funny does really nicely change up a three hour <laughs> show. <laughs> yeah. And God, I love comedy wrestling. Colt Cabana's terrific at it. Uh Project Ego in the in the UK. I used to just love their stuff. Marty Skull. I was uh, yeah. back back uh, not so much now with the villain stuff, although although there are elements, but if you um, watch yeah. the uh, the UK Championship specials that they did, not the tournaments, the uh, the the other mm. tapings that they did, I can't remember where they taped them now. In, uh, Norwich, yeah, taped them in Norwich. There was a, a comedy tag team match on there that was oh, it was wonderful. Yeah. It was so good. And like most of the house show stuff, you have comedy stuff yeah. on because it's it's more fun for the live crowd. But I just I love comedy wrestling. There's a real if when it's done right, it's really really good. It's not going to get anyone through many people through the door, but. It's nice to freshen up stuff on the card, change things up. It's not just all WWE-style wrestling over mm-hmm. and over again. So, yes, a few good jokes in here. The Ascension didn't want the pie because it's got gluten in. Yep, they're gluten-free. They're gluten-free. Uh, there was the fantastic anal probe reference again yep. at the start from it a, Fandango. It was a mental probe. Mm. I should have said that. It was a mental probe. And just, yeah, the Actually, no, the line along. that made me laugh the most was when there was the space rock. I found it in my back, uh, back, my back pocket. Yeah. <laughs> So that was, uh, yeah, that was a fine Fashion Peaks. Nowhere near one of the best ones, but no. still very, very enjoyable. Still very good. I'm just sad that we're not getting the reveal at SummerSlam. I thought, we would, yeah. I thought we'd get it there. And it's a good time to do it as well. It's a long show, though. It is a long show, but you need some things to break it up. Yeah, here we go. The main event, the biggest one in the history of SmackDown. I've never seen a match bigger than yeah. this ever in my life. John Cena versus Jinder Mahal in a non-title match. I 
you know, I was kind of enjoying this as it started. The Singh brothers were immediately on Cena every time the the ref's back was turned. It was mm-hmm. like, oh, that was, that was a good bit of heel heat. And then eventually on the third time, as usually these things work in threes, the referee saw them go to the back. Jinder Mahal, for all the flack we give him, because, you know, he's he shouldn't, I still believe he shouldn't be in that position. The man has great facials. Yes. He can sell the, the hell out of some acting. Weirdly, it doesn't come through in his voice because he's just like this most of the time. But like, are oh, the expressions he gives yeah. is is amazing. So when they were thrown out, that was great. Then Cena hit an AA. Jinder kicked out. Of course, they, of course everyone does. So it wasn't <laughs> that special. Because Tom Phillips was like, he kicked out of the AA. I was like, mate, everyone does. Yeah, like, you it's a John Cena. It's a John match. Cena match. So to get round that, Cena then lifted. Um, a haul up to the second rope. I thought it, they were going to reverse it somehow, but Cena hit that. Super AA. Super AA. So Be- effective. Because you have to pin your champion clean two weeks in a row. Yeah. So effectively, Jin, like, because, I, yeah, we'll actually, do, let's do the whole thing because it all plays in. Cena has Jinder beat. Yes. There's no way Jinder's going to kick out of this now. So as soon as the Singh brothers are sent out, he's lost, which yes. is what happened the week before against Randy Orton. Without the Dumb Singh brothers, Jinder yep. can't yeah, yeah. win. Yeah, and Baron Corbin runs down and breaks up the three count. Well, actually, how close was that three count on the first AA? Good timing. That was a good kick out. But Baron Corbin runs in, breaks up the three count. So John Cena does win. Because he was hit. So, so Jinder <laughs> pins twice, clean yeah. in the middle of the ring, leading into his big match at SummerSlam. Mm. Good job on getting your champion over there. So I, I guess, well, yeah, let's finish off. Baron Corbin then looks at the scene he's created. John Cena's lying down. Jinder's lying down. Jinder's just been hit by two AAs, one off the second rope. I'm going to cash in. Yeah. And I was like... Yeah, okay, I agree with this decision. That's a good idea. Because when he walked away, my first thought was, you're an idiot. Yeah, and it's, you know, for what, however it happened afterwards, that was most definitely exciting. It was unexpected. Everyone's been saying he's going to cash in at SummerSlam. Crowd pop big. Crowd pop big. It was, like, I was genuinely like, oh, I, I snapped out of my stupor. And he cashes in, and he looks to the side, and John Cena's just standing there on the apron. Doesn't do anything. Before he even looked... Baron, like the camera showed Baron it, it checking. Kept looking, yeah. I, w- I was wondering whether it was a character of him watching where Cena is or whether he was waiting for Cena to jump yeah. in and, and do it. It could have been either, but it I felt it was more the latter. Tell, yeah. uh, and waiting ba- for Cena to get into position, yeah. Baron hits John, turns round, Jinder rolls up. Well, it doesn't turn around. He gets a distraction roll up. It's the most yeah. powerful move in WWE. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Jinder rolls him up to get the three count. A weakened Jinder pins a fresh Corbin. The freshest of fresh. Uh, by a roll-up. No grabbing of the rope, which I would have preferred. No hooking of the tights, which I would have preferred. Just Jinder winning. Uh, which, okay, so neither of us have talked about mm. how we feel about this angle. So we don't know what each other's going to say. We do not, know. I'm not entirely sure how I feel either. Uh, mm. I'll walk you through this. Yeah, talk so, me through it. I'm looking at I'm this. Have a sip of oh, yeah, sip away. So, Jinder, Jinder doesn't. There's an argument that Jinder now looks strong because he, he, got his. You know, he successfully defended that. Uh, he, he didn't lose, and he pinned off a Money in the Bank cash in. Mm, okay. I don't agree with that. I still think he looks weak off the back of the Cena match. It's it also does, Cena won the match. Cena, for Jinder. yes. Yeah, I mean, like, I mean, and talking about the Money in the Bank thing, Cena won it for yes. Jinder. 
And so that doesn't really hold up. But it was exciting. It was a moment. Uh, and I don't want Baron Corbin as champion. So the overall result of Corbin not being champion, I agree with. However, this is a money in the bank cash in. And you don't get many of those. You get two now a year with the, the women's. But that's that's a storytelling device you've now wasted or just used up rather on a moment. Just a moment doesn't really, apart from getting a little bit more heat for the Cena-Corbin match on SummerSlam that no one really cares about anyway. It's not like that's going to be a classic feud that needed that angle going into it. And you, you think of what could have been. Like, if Corbin's going to lose, why not use that loss to elevate the person who retains? And obviously, the the way around that is is Nakamura. If Nakamura wins at SummerSlam, beats Jinder, huge celebration, but he's out on his feet. It was a big match. Corbin runs down, cashes it, like probably clobbers him with money in the bank, then cashes it in, and everyone's like, oh my god, Corbin's going to win. And then Nakamura beats him anyway with a Kinshasa. To actually have a little, a little mini match. little mini match. Then everyone's like, oh my god, Nakamura didn't just beat Jinder, he's beat Baron as well. He's amazing, what a star. So I look at what you could have had, which is up here, and it makes Nakamura feel so much bigger. And then this was just... A moment so yeah that's that's how i feel so i it's not like i hated it it's just it could have been so 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 much better i'm on the same wavelength that yeah. you are as well actually oh that t-shirt's fallen down as well uh, i'm on the same wavelength that you are so i um when he uh Jinder was down from the super aa and lost the match because you've got to pin your champion clean two times in a row mm -hmm. uh two weeks in a row just before his main event of SummerSlam because that's that's a brilliant way to get your champ over um, and then I thought Baron Corbin's an idiot if he doesn't cash in now because this is going to be your best opportunity. And the, the commentators were even going like, "This is a great chance for you yeah. to do it." JBL's going crazy like, "Here are the greatest times!" Like you know, all this stuff. It was the best time for him to do it. And then he cashed in. And my first thought was like, "Well, he's not winning. Then he's losing this because they're not going to throw." I, I, but okay, so my first thought was he's not winning. Mm. I never thought he was. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 never, I, felt I that. never felt that he was winning the the championship. That which is a problem when it comes to a money in the bank cash in because the whole thing is you're meant to think mm. that they are going to win if I were doing this if someone if Vince had come to me and said that god damn it pal we're gonna have we're gonna have Corbin cash in at on Smackdown and he's not gonna win if I'm sitting there if I'm road dog road diggity diggity dog and I'm going like okay well now one I've word got, I've got to yeah, one word yeah I've got to try and get everyone in the situation over as possibly as well as yeah. best I can and I've got to build to this pay-per-view that's coming up in five days' time. How am I going to do this? I personally would have had Corbin cash in and had Nakamura cost him the win. Now, obviously that doesn't help Jinder, but at this point... Uh, okay, so I appreciate that everything I'm saying here is not great. Mm. And I'm not saying that this is a better way to book this. However, when I'm looking at this, I'm like, Nakamura's an idiot. Because Baron Corbin cashed in, Nakamura is fighting for that championship on Sunday. Yeah. If Corbin won, Nakamura doesn't have a championship match anymore because Corbin's already facing Cena. Oh, that's Cena. a good point. Wouldn't Nakamura? But would would Nakamura? Because he's the number one contender. 
wouldn't Nakamura then be facing Corbin? It could go either way. Well, it couldn't could go it? Either, yeah, but yeah, I, yeah. if I'm Nakamura, I'm going to be like, I've got to protect my championship match. It's a good point, actually. I didn't think of this. And you can then tell that story through the commentary mm. and through everyone's reactions as to why he screwed Corbin out of winning it because he wants to still be, he wants to still be, still be WWE champion. Now the other side of it, the other side of the coin, I actually quite would have liked um, Corbin winning, only because then it throws the SummerSlam card into disarray. Yeah, and then there would have been all this intrigue this week about what the main of the SmackDown main event of SummerSlam is, and you could have had like um, emergency press conferences. You could have had lots of angles on WWE.com trying to drive people to that website. Mm. You could have put some stuff up on the network. Heaven forbid. Heaven forbid. Of like we're trying to we've got to try and save this now. Maybe like even tape some stuff at house shows. To try and drive house show business up, so you got to go and see. You got to go to these house shows that we've got booked mm. because you, that's how we're going to find out what the SummerSlam main event is. So that's another way you could have done it as well. But I'm with you. I didn't hate it, but it could have been so much better. Mm. I thought your way was uh, was much better. I d- I also think that I'm not saying that my way was. If you had to do it at SmackDown, if I say. had to do it at yeah, SmackDown, yeah. Th- I think there would have been better ways to do it. So I didn't hate it. If anything, I'm more upset that they pinned Jinder Mahal twice in two weeks. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Haha, <laughs> it's a raw review looking jack, man. Maybe maybe it's true. Maybe the the show that goes first does get more time. Okay, but I would say that at least with this moment then there was something to talk about. It was a meaty show there with was, the, you know, there the was briefcase. A, there was a big angle at the end of us to talk about. Yeah. Uh well there was a big angle to open raw as well, because the shield finally united. What a moment. What a moment. I, and this was this was such a well done angle. Yeah. This was so well done. It was well written. It was well performed. It was well executed. Everything about this was absolutely stunning. Mm. They came out. They both made their points very, very well. Both of their character motivations completely made sense. 
and then when they got into that fight, I was like, this is getting even better. It's like two brothers. They, yeah. They, or, yeah, yeah. When I really start, felt especially that. Especially yeah. when they started fighting, I was like, this angle's getting, e- this storyline's getting even better mm. now. And then Shamara came down thinking that, ha ha ha, we're the, we're the nasty heels. This is our opportunity. They're weak. We can take them down. And by doing that, they ended up, they re- reunited mm. the shields by trying to beat them down. And then they finally did the fist bump and it was so fast and they both did it at yeah. the same time. Holy. Well, it F. was it was like they, they kept on teasing it out because oh. first Dean Ambrose put out the fist yeah. and and Rollins didn't do it. And then Rollins put out the fist by the time Ambrose had put his back. Yeah. And then they were both like just, and the crowd <laughs> were going crazy. The Boston crowd were really into it. Yeah. And then they both did it at the same time. It was screaming, oh. both of them. Neither man wanted to be the first one to do it. Yeah. And so it was perfect that they did it at the same time. Oh, Mike, this was a, a fantastic angle. So a, good. A real good payoff to what's been the best storyline in WWE. So subtly told over about a month, yep. month and a half maybe now. And it was it was just so genuine, the reaction to it. And sometimes you can't solve things by... that. Sometimes you just have to have a fight for a bit and then it's okay. Mm-hmm. And, like, and that's where the fight, the, the scuffles came in. I, re- I really appreciated that that storyline touch someone um tweeted me and said what do you think of backwards booking you know you always that should have been safe for SummerSlam. like that's the SummerSlam moment i'm thinking no that's your go home angle yeah because, that's why i agree because they're now united that's how they get the match against shimaro for the tag titles and you want to sometimes you want to go into the the pay-per-view not with you don't want to save the big angle for the pay-per-view. You want the match for the pay-per-view. That angle is there to set up the match. Yeah. Uh, so I, I thought it was completely fine and very I, well done. I think them doing the fist bump creates more intrigue for their match than had they not totally. done it. Yeah. Um, and totally. I, I think you're right. Sometimes there are moments and those moments can be saved and sometimes should be saved for mm. big events. However, I felt that that moment needed to be told for the storyline to make sense going into SummerSlam. Yeah, because then Kurt Angle came out and he said, you two are getting a title shot against Shamaro. While well, the crowd is you suck. Yeah. I could barely hear Kurt Angle. I know. The I, crowd I, was so just, hot. They were so desperate to chant, you suck. Yeah. But like, guys, when the music stops, you should stop as well. I, I, again, I don't care if a crowd wants to be passionate. I'm not going to stop them because just think of Corpus Christi. I, okay, but no, it's fine. But... I felt that because like they they they're very tightly timed on how to get these sorts of things done. So Kurt Angle starts making this announcement announcement while the crowd are chanting "You suck," mm. more or less missing the announcement. We didn't get that giant pop because they're too busy doing the "You suck" chant. Yeah, well, it's not like uh, you've got a a lack of time. You've got three <laughs> hours, and this was right at the start of the show. They could have, you know, maybe yeah. someone screaming "Cut to commercial!" Exactly. Yeah. God damn it, get out there. So we went straight from this really hot opening. I mean, was genuinely really really hot straight mm-hmm. into hometown girl Sasha Banks versus Nia Jax yep. for the number one contendership for Alexa Bliss's title at SummerSlam uh, of course Bailey was meant to have this spot but she's been injured and oh you think it's a conspiracy still part of me thinks it'll work and uh, yeah Banks you, you think she's going to turn up on maybe it's just hope against hope maybe oh, I don't yeah. want to heal Bailey. Uh, but yes that Sasha Banks and Nia Jax had a very good match and I thought you know what? All of Nia Jax's really good matches have come from Sasha Banks. And Bailey. 
Well, yeah, because you weren't a fan of their NXT no, match. They no. had and, at TakeOver thought, London, which I thought was great. And I thought, ah, maybe Sasha Banks is... Because she took a lot here. There was the wicked spot on the outside oh, yes. where Jax just swung mm-hmm. uh, Banks into the side of the barricade. And uh, I think Corey Graves had a great line. You know, that should be at Fenway Park, the, the Boston Red <laughs> yeah. Sox ground, with that sort of swing. And it was just... The finish was spectacular. Really, really good... Uh, so Banks had Jax in the in the bank statement and Nia Jax gets to the ropes but Banks pulls her back and then Nia Jax powers out but Jax does like this around the world body spin and gets her back down into the submission and then Jax taps yeah. makes Nia look strong for holding on so long and Sasha Banks looks even better because she overcame the beast well remember that match uh, at the end of the gauntlet match yes ah oh, that was really good too mm-hmm yeah, I, I enjoyed the hell out of this match. You had a hometown girl winning. Alexa Bliss was kind of forgotten at the side. She was on the lifeguard chair. Mm-hmm. Kind of weird. A bit weird, a yeah. throne. <laughs> was it a throne? Is that what they That's said? what they described it as. Oh, God. That was not, not throne like. It was. It King was, Barrett would not be seen sat on that. It kind of, you know, what's Modoc uh, from Marvel? <laughs> it kind of looked like his floating chair. Like I thought they, I thought chair. they were doing some sort of like tie-in promotion for the Baywatch movie. Mm. I was expecting Michael Cole to be like, "Oh, hey guys, Baywatch is out on Blu-ray and DVD yeah, today." Yeah. Well, I guess the rocks in it. Yeah. Uh, any any thoughts on this match? Uh, my just, just that it was very uh, very good. Very good match. Very very good match. I really like Sasha Banks. Um, I'm not actually as down on Nia Jax as a lot of people are. I feel like a lot of people down on her because she's not a typical. Uh, women's wrestler but I like that I actually think that's a that's a good thing within the women's division I think people are down on her because sometimes she's really bad at wrestling not uh, all the time but no. s- some, when she's bad oh, she's yep. she's pretty bad and, and she I, hurts people and I feel that sometimes sometimes a lot of people are down on her simply because she's part of the family and that's why she has a job in the WWE oh I've never heard that oh I've had a lot of people oh, say okay. that yeah and, and actually in all credit to them that is true um, the, the rule of thumb is that if you are part of the family, you're quite. It's likely you're going to get into the the company. You're referring to the Anoa'i family. That's right. Yes. I just said that because I know how to pronounce it. Yeah, which I is obviously as Peter Maivia, the the Rock, Rikishi, the Usos, Roman Reigns. They're all part of this big extended uh, family. So yeah, that and um, the story is is that Samoa Joe was never picked up by uh, WWE because he wasn't part of the family. Vince looked at him and said he's just a, an out of shape Samoan. Mm-hmm. And then when someone says like, well, "What about uh, Umaga?" Because and they were like, he was also an out of shape Samoan, according to Vince McMahon, but he was part of the family, so he's allowed in. Yeah, it's a, it's a it's a different body build. But so the my main takeaway from this match really though is the um and this is this again comes down to like uh wwe's obsession with branding of like giving someone a uh a catchphrase mm. or something that's attached to them and then just repeating it over and over again and the catchphrase and the the branding they've given nia Jax is she's the most dominant female in wwe she's won nothing loses loads and has tapped out multiple occasions mm. she's dominated nothing like, she's not dominant in the slightest. Ask her down in NXT. Undefeated. Mm. Or has, you know, is champion. Longest reign of any uh, champion in WWE. It's just absolutely an unstoppable monster. She's dominant. Nia Jax isn't dominant in anything. So again, it's that hyperbole of just saying these words because they sound cool. But they lose all meaning because it's not true. Yeah. Yeah, it is, it is a real problem in the verbiage of WWE. Mm. Uh, 
and you wouldn't get it from a or if Jim Ross ever did it, it would sound so much more natural than the, the robotic delivery of Cole and and Phillips. It's a shame. Or that you know, Ronello could do it. Yeah. He could. Well, yeah. I mean, like in in UFC, if like someone fight, if someone loses loads of their fights but wins a couple of them, they'll never be like, oh man, he's just one of the most dominant people mm. in in the in UFC at the moment because they're not. They keep losing. Yeah. Uh, next up, we had Elias. Not the drifter, not Elias Samson, just Elias. Just Elias, mate. Singing his latest hit, which was a Boston-inspired tome for how bad that place is. And then our truth came out. Yep. Where's Where's Goldust? What happened to that Goldust yeah, feud? Yeah, that feud. And they, he came in doing his What's Up. It was like a kind of battle of the singing superstars. And Elias beat him up and didn't even use the guitar. Sure did, just beat him up. Um, this 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 was something. I mean, I did say after that Nia Jack Sasha Banks match. I think I even tweeted then. I was like, I feel like Raw can only go downhill from here. Yeah. And boy, howdy, was I ever right. So yeah, there was that dip. I think it's because okay, we're gonna give you the Shield reunion, and we're gonna let you have a hometown girl win. But I can't, I can't go, get, get Elias out there and make fun of them all because it's too much. We can't have the heel heat not coming from a, a Boston crowd. They love their cheap heat. So that happened. And then we had uh, Big Cass coming out and cutting. I, st- I still thought this was part of the good part of Raw. Uh, y- yes. Because Cass, the, and it was all down to the Boston crowd because Cass tried to keep talking and they were just booing him you so s- hard. You say it's all down to the Boston crowd. Cass worked them. Yes, he did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Full he... credit to Big Cass because he's not been given a lot of credit mm. since his heel turn. Quite rightly so. It's been pretty weak as of late, although his music is much better now. Um, but he knew how long to keep that going yeah, and, what to, and what to say and how to do it in order to wind them up further. He uh, Full credit to him. I thought he was fabulous in this segment. Yeah, it was like... Uh, Ro- <coughs> Excuse me. It was Roman Reigns after WrestleMania yeah. levels of of uh, crowd heat. But he's actually a heel. Mm. <laughs> what a concept! So then Enzo comes out and he does his thing, and Big Show comes out, and then Galanderson came out and beat up uh, Big Show and Enzo and held Big Show down so Cass could take out Big Show's knockout fist. But it was like a lot of fist stuff on this show in the first hour with the Shield and this. And I, I appreciate it when wrestlers appear in other feuds. Like, oh, you're not just feuding with this person, so you only appear in those storylines. You don't come out. Like, where's Roman Reigns in the whole S.H.I.E.L.D. thing? Yeah, uh, yeah, so, that, is, that is a question that holds over this. So I liked that Glanderson turned up for this. But then there was no explanation for it. No. There it, was no, like, big, you know, we're all about being mean and making green. Glanderson had kind of been a babyface team for the last couple of weeks it was the same was, thing yeah. with like there, there was no storyline reason given for why the Hardys are no longer feuding with Galanderson mm-hmm. just because the revival are injured their feud appears to have just ended yeah like that was that was the glue that was holding everything together so they're like okay well that's done now just send them off in different directions the Hardys you're going to go with Jason Jordan and you're going to go I don't know work with Big Cass for a bit but I don't think they are working with Big Cass they're not they don't like reveal themselves to be a unit of any yeah. sort um, fun fact for you, this is now the uh, second time uh, Gallows has been involved in an angle breaking the Big Show's hand. Oh, did they do it with a straight edge? Society? They certainly did, yeah, because CM Punk even had a, a, wore a t-shirt. I think it was, might have been SummerSlam, in fact, actually. It was mm. SummerSlam 20, whatever it was, uh, but had a t-shirt that said, I broke Big Show's hand. 
it's it's a thing they've done before. But yeah. I, I appreciate it. I thought this was a good, and it was a hot go home angle for this feud, for for what's been a very repetitive build so oh, far. Like it just, every yeah. week's been the same big cast, big show. Big Show kind of stands tall. So I like this uh, also, as a go-home angle. The other thing I have to point out as well, I actually thought that Big Cass did better on the mic this week than Enzo did. Because yes. Enzo came out trying to mimic um, uh, Cass not being able to get his promo out and just saying the first words over and over again. But the crowd did not pick up what he was doing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. They, it, it did not. Get, it drew no heat, whereas Cass drew loads of heat. Cass was very good in this. Now, next up we had something I was initially very excited about. And that was, Raw is SummerSlam come early. Yeah. We're moving the match of Akira Tozawa versus Neville to Raw. And I thought, and Brave and Finn to Raw. Brilliant. I even tw- I tweeted out, it feels like they looked, they timed out SummerSlam and be like, actually, we've got too many matches here. Let's take two of them and we'll put them on Raw. And I was like, that's a good thing. That's a, that's a great thing. And you know what? Having those matches, because especially when you've got a dual brand pay-per-view You've got six weeks of build. There's no way each show can pay off all of those storylines on your big show. So why not actually have the lesser ones, the ones lower down the card, happen on the go-home show? So your go-home shows are a mixture of pay-per-view and go-home angles for the bigger matches. Yeah. That makes so much sense. It was a really good idea. I thought this is where they're going. Turns out it isn't. That All these matches are being repeated again this weekend. They were both go-home angles. Yeah. It's so... And, and especially, like, the Cruiserweight match on Raw as the main event of the second hour with a title change, you think that's going to get a lot more notice and just like it feels like a bigger deal then than if it was the third the you know the seventh match on the card for SummerSlam. On it means the nothing on the pre-show, which is where it would likely be. So yeah, Akira Tozawa and Neville had a had a pretty damn fine match, and Neville hit the well missed the red arrow, mm-hmm. and Tozawa hit his sent on, and pinned Neville for the win. That is the very unceremonious end to one of the best title reigns in the last couple of years in terms so, of like on the main elevating roster, a division. On the main roster at the very least, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I said last week that I didn't think it was the right time to be taking the belt off Neville, even though I really like Akira Tozawa because mm. it doesn't feel like they've built to Neville losing the title. And so just to take it off him in essentially a throwaway match, because this has been a throwaway match, because the actual match has taken place at SummerSlam. They're having a rematch. Yeah on SummerSlam I I thought it was a real waste and a yeah. real like you could just tell that the, the brass Vince McMahon has lost interest he doesn't care about the king of the cruiserweights doesn't care about the cruiserweight division so it's just like just take the title off him it doesn't matter yeah we'll just do it's exactly like the briefcase yeah uh, it's just let's just do it for a moment we've lost interest in this so yeah, yeah let's just let's do this it, I, I thought it was a real waste it's a moment that sacrifices a lot of long term potential yeah uh, maybe you know, maybe they'll knock it out of the park and come up with something we haven't thought about. Where actually this makes sense in a longer term thing. But let's be honest, because a lot of people do say, why don't you just turn off your minds and enjoy it? Maybe, well, like if you look back in six months' time, this was actually a good idea. I would have that similar perspective if we haven't seen every most other follow-ups to angles that WWE do, which is I was going to say, yeah, not you, uh, okay. Fool me once, shame on me. Fool me twice. Yeah. You know, it's it's. Uh, I've been burned many times by the country by being like, uh, well, let's see how this plays out mm. because the, the the high likelihood is that it's not going to play out. 
And the the real sting is that the rematch is happening in six weeks, six days time at SummerSlam, because Neville invoked his rematch clause. Yes. So it's just, it was just nothing. I it was. Know, it was nothing. And the same with the exact same uh, with the match following it, which was Bray Wyatt versus Finn Balor. There was a nice angle to set this up. Uh, I think Kurt was backstage with Miz. They were having uh, a discussion. And then a, a lackey ran in and was like, oh, there's something going on in the back. So Kurt runs in and it's Bray and Finn fighting each other backstage. I didn't know they hang out backstage. I just thought they materialised places. I was going to say, yeah, Bray lives in the Titan Tron, doesn't yeah. he? So that was good. And Kurt's like, you know what? We're having your match tonight as well. And I was like, yes, oh, that's another stuff. good idea. Yeah. But again, Bray beat Finn clean in an okay match. Like, it was nothing special, and the crowd the crowd's interest was starting to wane by this point. It was nearing the third hour. And, yeah, Bray won clean. And I was like, oh, okay, well, you know, if that's the end of it, I fine, I guess we won't remember this in a week's time when we start new storylines following out of SummerSlam. But then Bray picked him back up and hit a second sister, Abigail, and then as I was like, okay... You're making him look strong, still clinging on to the hope that we won't have to see this again in six days' time. And then he picked up the bucket. And as soon as he picked up the bucket, I was like, ah, oh, no, this isn't, this feud isn't over. <laughs> and he poured a bucket of... Viscous liquid. Over Finn Balor. As soon as he did it, I was there hoping upon hope that someone would say a red viscous liquid. Because uh, those who are unaware, back in the Attitude Era... You weren't allowed to say blood if it was like when, so. Okay, so if someone was bleeding, you would say like they they've got red on them, they they're bleeding. But when someone poured blood onto someone, gangrelum, particularly when he used to do the blood showers and stuff, you couldn't call it blood because the network wouldn't allow you to say blood. So they used to call it a red viscous liquid. It's the same reason why he was never referred to as a vampire. He was referred to as uh, living the gothic lifestyle. Okay. It's all about branding, man. So I was hoping, I was sitting there going like, oh, please say red viscous liquid. I haven't heard that for so long. Say it, say it, say it. And then one of them went, it's like a red viscous liquid. I was like, yes, what, come what, on. What a, yeah, when they feign confusion. What? Oh my God, what is that in the bucket? <laughs> I think it's some kind of red, red viscous, viscous liquid. liquid. <laughs> uh, so, yes. It just sounds so natural. This was a, so the whole point of this was Finn Balor going backstage afterwards and saying, oh, it's made me so angry. Make a rematch at SummerSlam. I want to beat Bray Wyatt. And you know what? Did he say something like, uh, he teased the demon. Yeah, he said, like, he's, he calls himself the devil, but I've got demons of my own. Yeah. Crowd popped huge for this. Yeah. Because that means we're getting Finn Balor in the full makeup we haven't seen since last SummerSlam. And just to uh, erase any confusion, WWE then showed a graphic of Finn Balor done up in his demon makeup. Yeah. So that's cool that we'll get that entrance. But if if the whole point of this was to get the demon into play, because Finn Balor has previously been like, you, I don't need the demon to defeat you. I'll just beat you easy, mate. Just as plain old Finn Balor. I won't do an Irish accent. Why not just have this as an angle rather than the match? And a long match as well. It was like 10 minutes. So... Yeah, ah. yeah, no, I agree with you. I because I've had a lot of people come to me, uh, come up to me on Twitter and message me. Sorry, my headphones because I plugged that in. A lot of people come up to me on Twitter saying like, "Why aren't you as mad about this as you were about Randy and Jinder?" Um, I mean, a one of them's not the WWE champion, so mm. like, it's it's much less worth. It's much 
on the scale, it's, on a it's scale, down. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's much further down here. The other side of it is that this was a loss to set up the next part of a storyline. So, if anything, I'd have actually rather they did this a couple of weeks ago. If this is the mm-hmm. way they were going to do it, I'd have rather they do the the tease of the demon, the demon Balor, you know, two weeks ago, two, three weeks ago, and then spent the next couple of weeks building up the return of the demon to uh, yeah. to SummerSlam, rather than just do it as a match on the go-home show. Tease, uh, not only that, but announce it as like, we're taking the match off SummerSlam. Did SummerSlam come early? And then, you know, do this. Why not have that loss to set up the match or or were you going to confi- finish just do it as an angle yeah or like to, to, to have the best of both worlds four weeks ago at the start of the feud Bray Wyatt Finn Balor have a match big time match haven't fought each other before I think yada 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 on Raw and the match never ends because Bray Wyatt hits him with a chair or something or hmm. you know doesn't even get disqualified but Balor's down and Bray then gets the bucket out, pours the liquid over him. All the referees are like, what the hell are you doing? That's gross, man. And they call off the match then. So it's like a sort of finish. And then Finn is so disgusted, you just see him in, in uh, little skits afterwards where he's like in a room and he's just painting something. That's all you need. Like for the next couple of weeks, that means we're saved from these who can appear best promos. Look, I'm on a Titan Tron now thing. Who can say the most wizardry things? Because... That a lot of people back, you know, a year ago, Finn Balor versus Bray Wyatt. God, that will be a match. And then this, the way they've built it, has really made yeah, me well, anti-interested. It's been a really boring feud. Yeah. But like, and the other, the other thing side of it as well, I think that is ridiculous is that Bray pouring red viscous liquid on people has never been an mo. So why is he doing it now? I get that. I get such a Vince Russo like way of writing. Like I praise the writing of Raw a lot, but I felt that this was pretty bad. My, a classic Russo. Um, I'm going to do this because it's a way for me to do the storyline, even though it doesn't make sense. There was a. Um, it was during the Joe Angle. There, the first time that they had their feud in TNA. Mm. Angle won the first match. Uh, Joe won the return match. Angle then came out the week later. Angle essentially wanted a third match. And at the start of that show, Joe turned up to the arena with a girlfriend. We've never seen this girlfriend before. We've never heard of this girlfriend before. She's never been made reference to. And at the end of the show, Kurt Angle drags this girlfriend up on stage and puts her in the ankle lock. And being, and Joe's like, oh my God, oh my God, yeah, I'll give you the match, give you the match. Whereas everyone's watching going like, well, who is she? Mm. Why should we care? Why does Joe care? Why does Angle want to hurt her? It makes no sense to the And then guess what? That girlfriend's never made reference to ever again. It's just, it, it's things like that. It's doing something to for the sake of doing it in a story. Is it's a MacGuffin, surprise and a pretty, MacGuffin, and it's yeah. a surprise MacGuffin, and it's not a very good one. Next up, speaking of not a very good one, <laughs> Mickey James beat Emma. Mickey James is still employed. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. She looked a, she looked very pretty backstage. <laughs> uh, yeah, so she, she looks, ama- a, she looks amazing. Yeah. yeah, she looks amazing. Uh, and yeah, the crowd were completely dead. Are you surprised? No. Emma's Hashtag gimmick. give Emma a chance. Yeah, so Emma's gimmick is that she's complaining that she's not being given a chance on Twitter and then people beat her anyway. So there's a hypocrisy there, I guess, is what I meant to boo her. Yeah. But it's it's not good and <laughs> no, it's the not. crowd were very bored. I much prefer that Emma trying to date Jason Jordan to getting Kurt Angle's you know, head storyline. How important were these two women on the card? Neither of them got an entrance. Yeah, yeah. Like they, they were both given the jobber entrance treatment. And it was about two, three minutes long. Next up, we had Jason Jordan versus The Miz. 
which became Jason Jordan and the Hardys versus all three of the Miztourage. Jason Jordan's music is still terrible. Yeah, it's bad, it's, isn't it? I mean, it is. It's beyond bad. It's like far and away the worst music in WWE possibly ever. Ooh. Because... No, no, you don't want to do a, a biggest main event. In... <laughs> you, you should say I, right I did, now. I did, I did say possibly. Um, and I'm actually struggling to think of an entrance theme that's worse. Mm. In that, it sounds like like there hasn't. I can't even think of an entrance music that sounds so much like a cheap knockoff of something. It doesn't even sound like it's done on real instruments. It like it just sounds really bad. At least when people have generic entrance music, it's just generic, and there's no opinion to be had on it. This is it's diabolically mm. awful, yes. diabolically bad, and and it's it's not helping him get over. Oh, it's not. So he 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 had a good showing in this match. This was kind of a thumb He's match. He's really great in the ring. Yeah, this was a thumb match uh, just for Jeff Hardy landing <laughs> hard on Bo Dallas. So it happened twice. There was a poetry in motion from Jeff. Just landed. It was the best yeah. poetry in motion. No, it wasn't. No, Whisper in the Wind. Whisper in the Wind. Sorry, yeah. Whisper in the Wind. Uh, and he lands straight on Bo's chest. And then, as Jeff's been doing recently, the Swanton Bomb landed straight on Bo's chest. For all, and he takes like a champ as yeah. well as Bo Dallas. Well, I love the Miz Taraj. And then they're great backups, to, backups for the Miz. So this is obviously still building to a Jason Jordan versus Miz match later on down the line. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're sort of stringing that out, which is a good idea. You shouldn't push Jordan too hard too fast. It's good, especially because that when he came out, he was booed. Mm. Now, this is the Booker T line. Ah, excellent. Tell me, because Booker was... I mean, he wasn't as bad as he was last week, but he still had some moments. Well, this this was a good moment, because Michael Cole was saying... You'll probably remember it as soon as I say it. Michael Cole's going, Jason Jordan's got this degree here, that degree there. He's a really smart kid. And Booker T just goes... What are you talking about? You don't need degrees to kick ass in the ring or something to that effect. Yeah. You, know, you don't need a degree to beat someone up. And I was like, yeah, you. oh my God, you're right, Booker T. And then Michael Cole was like, uh, uh, but I'm I'm just trying to show he's such a well-rounded person. Yeah. And by this point, I was like, screw you, Michael Cole. I'm on Booker T's side. He just He's just kicking ass. I don't want to see a well-rounded person in the ring. I want to see someone who's full of piss and vinegar and beating up the bad guys. Yeah, so that was my but nice one, Booker T. Was that your? Um, I mean, we haven't got a cup of tea. I mean, I don't. Is it time for tea? Mm. Um, maybe something like that. Maybe that could be a new gimmick as well. Well, we could we could work on it. We'll work on it. So the main event was uh, a sort of four way face off between the four guys in the SummerSlam oh, so main you event. Say, yeah, yeah. That's, it that's, was, what, that's what they promised. Brock Lesnar came out first with Paul Heyman. Paul Heyman cut a very good promo as usual and had a great line, which was. If Brock loses, he's going to leave WWE because, you know, this is an unjust way to defend the title. He doesn't even have to get pinned to lose it, as we're constantly reminded. And he might be so angry that you might have to lock him up in a cage. Hint, hint. So good. Which is, of course, a very uh, blatant reference to Brock's potential UFC return, which makes me just think even more that that isn't going to happen anytime (laughs) soon. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, so that happened, and then, uh, who was it? It was Samoa Joe came out, or was it Braun? Well, okay, so here's the thing. I thought this was a real letdown of a, not only just a main event angle for Raw, because this would have been a letdown on any week, but particularly as the go-home angle for this match that I've been very invested Mm -hmm. in. I think that they have done not really anything good for this main event, probably since they announced it. I think that uh, Roman pinning Joe, uh, cleaning that three-way, uh, was damaging to Joe. 
I went on my tirade last week about the ending of the Last Man Standing match, which I didn't think helped anyone. And then on this week, um, they were more or less building this around Brock versus Braun than mm. anyone else. Like, Roman Reigns, I'm, not, I, I'm pretty sure he came out, but he didn't do anything. He just went straight for Samoa Joe, and Samoa Joe and uh, Roman scuffled on the side of but the, the And they were never shown again. Never it shown was all again, focused no. on Brock and Braun. I thought this... I thought this angle was very damaging to the SummerSlam main event, or at least damaging to my interest mm. in the SummerSlam main event, because it didn't make all four of them seem like tough badasses. And then we got the security runs down, mm. and then we got and the Royal Locker Room runs down. It's like that's it's great, but it's brilliant the first time you do yeah. it. It's not as it's still quite good the second time you do it. By the time you get to the seventh time you've done it, I mean it's it loses all like we've I've seen this angle now with various different guys for what feels like the last four months on Raw. Yeah. They've they've definitely overused it recently. They, you can use it like once or twice a year max, but they've uh, this is many times just since WrestleMania, so that's that's no good. Yeah. I wouldn't go as far as to say it's damaging my interest in the match. And actually, when you look at the grander scheme of the build, someone's got to win here, someone's got to win there. They're all kind of butting heads. Brock's this thing that's been separate i looking back on it i like the way it's been built i i, w- I didn't go against the some of the decisions as much as you mm-hmm. did uh but this didn't it just did nothing more for me it didn't like make me less interested it just this is the go home angle this should be the hottest part to make that, me pay money I mean, yeah for this for the pay-per-view match but it just kept me at this level uh it to, to me it mostly looked like they're building brock versus braun for a later pay-per-view mm-hmm possibly survivor series which which strongly hints that brock is winning i I think i think brock is retaining but we'll do that when we come to the prediction show yeah i tell you one thing i did quite like although i would have wanted a bit more before it is that michael cole screaming we're out of time and that they go off air as that was happening Mm -hmm. i thought that was a nice way to end it it was quite a chaotic roar in general with kurt being called over to other bits I, i like the unpredictability of the format yeah do you want to go first uh, yeah, um, I think I'm going to pick Raw mm. this week. I think I thought Raw was the better show. SmackDown at least had you know a talking point of the main event, but I don't think it was a great talking point. And yeah, there wasn't really anything else on that show that particularly grabbed me, uh, especially for a go-home show, whereas at least Raw had the fabulous opening um, angle and it had a very good Nia Jax-Sasha uh, Banks match. Um, crowd were a lot hotter. Crowd were a lot hotter. Um, and yeah, I, I think I'm going to go Raw. Yeah, I I agree with that. Uh, as much as I say I didn't like the cruiserweight match and the Bray Finn Balor match being brought forward, it did make the like it was. I was like, oh, this is a big important show. It would have been fine if they didn't then announce it again for six Sorry, days time. So I, I I did enjoy enjoy Raw a lot. Yeah, it's just it just makes me it fills me with dread when I realize oh, I've got to do these matches again in six days we time have got for a, a night full of matches and we've got uh, like two and a half hour NXT but that's going to be fine that's going to fly no, by no I know okay but I'm, I'm just saying that we've got a big week of wrestling ahead of us because we've got the NXT on the Saturday we've got SummerSlam six hours SummerSlam on the Sunday three hours of Raw on the Monday and then two hours of Smackdown on the Tuesday and that's not even talking about 205 Live and NXT and all that sort of stuff and the May Young Classic when does that start? Uh, it goes up straight after SummerSlam I believe does it? oh I hate the fact that they're doing it as a 
binge watch thing. Yeah. That's not the way to do it, guys. Oh, that's going to be so... That's, oh, man, where are we going to do? Uh, I have no idea. <laughs> I'd probably just read a lot of results and then watch oh, it wanna, after the But fact. I want to watch it. Mm. Oh, God damn it, WWE. That was an exhausting show. It was long. It required a lot of passion. There were a few things we... I don't think we hated anything that WWE did, but we were like, but you could have done it so much better. Yeah, it was almost like a little bit of fancy booking warfare yeah. in the middle of that. Well, it was a team effort, so those are fantasy, just fantasy bookings for us. <laughs> I suppose, yeah. I, as, I did get a lot of tweets from people after the uh, the Baron Corbin cash-in, or failed cash-in, and uh, a lot of people, it just made me chuckle, saying, like, you got fantasy booking warfare wrong. And not I, how it I works, didn't guys. Re- didn't really get it wrong because that's not how fantasy booking works. Did you did you reply that to him? That's not how fantasy booking works. <laughs> no, I got so many of them. I was like, I'm not replying to all. You of just these. do a blanket. What you do in that instance is you open up notes on your smartphone <laughs> and you write a longer reply that's and then right, you yeah. post that as a statement and say, I'm stepping down from Wrestle Talk, but it's all my idea. <laughs> And don't worry, guys, this is a positive. It's a positive for me. It's a positive for WrestleTalk. I'll be back soon. Yeah. I'll be your champion once again. Of course, this is a, a joke at the expense of Alberto El Patron's GFW suspension. <laughs> Love how I explain jokes. Doesn't it make them funnier? <laughs> it does make it funnier. Well, I, just, I just thought if anyone thinks, oh, it's Luke. Because sometimes people just listen to this in the background. Mm. Yeah, Wait a second. Is Luke leaving WrestleTalk? Yeah. So... But for, ser- for ones that could be interpreted too seriously, let's get on to some iTunes reviews. Before you do as well, I, I want, hate to come across as well that I don't like getting messages on Twitter because I actually love it. Um, like, I woke up this morning with like nearly 100 notifications for people talking about SmackDown, and I was like, well, clearly it was a, a worthwhile show. I actually can't wait to go through my notifications and, and mm. look what people had to say. Um, and if you do ask me a question, I will more or less reply. We've already talked about this uh, in the studio, but someone kindly tweeted us this morning. Of course, I didn't. we don't look at our tweets before we watch Raw or SmackDown, so things aren't spoiled for us. And someone actually tweeted us, guys, don't look at Twitter <laughs> before you watch WWE. Yeah. Just, which we, which, you know. Just good to yeah. tell us on Twitter. Yeah. Uh, so, back to the reviews. This one is from APs the Bomb 34 confusing username. Absolutely. Even... Confu- more confusing title Great Ahow uh, No that's clearly uh, Typing that on Because uh, ANS are next to each they other are, Yes On the uh, phonetic keyboard So I believe this is Great show keyboard. The QWERTY keyboard. QWERTY keyboard The phonetic keyboard Yeah I don't know why I said phonetic keyboard Because that's not right Finally if a only, wrestling If only it was I'm reading the review so, Sorry Finally a wrestling show With two normal guys Being passionate About wrestling Woo yes. Cheers Absbomb34 Lovely Variety, entertaining, well-rounded, amazing podcast. That's what uh, Creeper164Rocks says. Excellent name. I started listening on the WrestleTalk channel when WrestleRamble debuted the show. I've been watching since 10,000 subs, and it's officially my favourite podcast. It's an amazing show filled with wonderful content and opinions. I fully support it, and I will continue to do so. Yes! What a review. Thank you, Creeper164Rocks. Great review. One last one. From Bob Handout. That is a jobber name if I ever heard it. I apologise if that's your actual name, Bob Handout. But it does mean that you would make an excellent jobber in the 1990s. Because jobber's an offensive term sometimes. Is Some it? People, well, you know, so it, it isn't the nicest way to refer to someone, is it? So, enhancement talent. Yeah. That is a great enhancement talent name. Also, I suddenly realised I called him Bobber instead of jobber. Bobber Handout. Bobber. Bobber. 
uh, they write Wrestle Ramble, the swaftest wrestling podcast out there. True. Ollie and Luke are by far the, rest, the best wrestling reviewers in the business. Wrestling is a huge part of my weekly entertainment, and these guys make it all the more enjoyable. These podcasts are hotter than Wonder Ollie. That, that's a fallacy. Ooh, I don't know about that. that do, I mean, the rest of this review is now suspect, right? <laughs> oh, God, there's a more button as well. It's longer than I thought it was. Uh, literally, literally uh, I listen to them everywhere. Literally everywhere. When I run, on my drive to work, laying on the beach, and even when I'm falling asleep. These guys truly make my week a little bit brighter with their insightful comments, witty humour, and vibrant energy. Thank you for all that you do. Would love a cheap pop. My name is Billy Wager, like a bet. Thank you, guys. Stay swaft. Yes, Whoa, Billy. Whoa, Billy Wager. B- Billy Wager. Billy Wager. Bob Handout. <laughs> I like Bob Handout better. Let's go Handout. Billy Wager also sounds like a gimmick name, though. <laughs> like his catchphrase yeah. could be, a wager on that. I was going to say... <laughs> I would imagine that it's just like the uh, whoever the NXT announcer is. So like they just bring out I don't know Alistair Black or something. He's like, and his opponent already in yeah. the ring, <laughs> just standing there sheepishly, sheepishly warming yeah, up. Yeah, trying to be like, oh, it's definitely it's uh, going to be my moment. Oh crap! I'm going to get my head kicked. Off. <laughs> uh, yes, thank you there, Billy Wager. He said literally everywhere, but he didn't say when he was on the toilet. No, he didn't. So, know. Uh, so let us know if you do that as well. Also. <laughs> When I'm falling asleep, so this is... I can't listen to stuff when I'm going to sleep. But so my, I do all the time. Yeah, my lady partner does. I, get, I guess I've got a pretty quiet mind, from what I understand. You, it's to dull out other thoughts in your head so you can fall asleep. Oh, is that what it is? For, for some people, at least. Oh, right. No, yeah. I, I do it just because... So, like, my lady partner and I, uh, we'd fall asleep listening to episodes of How Did This Get Made? And we just do it because they're, they're funny uh, podcasts, mm. and we just enjoy, like, just falling asleep stuff. And when I was a kid... I used to, uh, the old days of audiobooks when they were on cassettes. Right, yeah, yeah. I used to uh, have to go down to the library and rent them out. Uh, Just William books were my favourite uh, go-to ones. And a book called Thunder and Lightning, which is about uh, airplanes and stuff. Um, but I used to love uh, listening to audiobooks when I went to sleep. That sounds... Or that, audio cassettes. That's, uh, that's lovely. Well, if Bob Handout slash, slash Billy Wager is listening to this as he falls asleep, this is the end of the podcast. Maybe he's already fallen asleep. I was going to say, he's probably already fallen asleep by this point. So I, ho- I hope he set up a timer on his uh, podcast app. But if he hasn't, we're subliminally talking to his, <laughs> his subconscious here. Yeah. You want to wet yourself, Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a much better one, yeah. <laughs> Give all your money to WrestleTalk's Patreon account. What if someone else is still asleep? Like, maybe we should just do uh, it for everybody, everyone. Everybody, yes. Everyone. Give all your money to Patreon. Patreon, Ollie and Luke. Hash, uh, forward slash... Ollie Davis Actually, it's dogs? better if you just give us give it to our uh, bank details. <laughs> My PayPal address is. <laughs> That's all we've got yeah. time for. Let's call it a day because I've got to yeah, this yeah. Let's uh, let's edit this. But uh, yeah, we'll see you next week. We've got, uh, we've, no, no, we'll see you on Saturday. Exactly, because we've got our SummerSlam predictions yeah. uh, coming up this Saturday. So and NXT predictions as well. So. It's going to be a busy show on Saturday. But if you're a Patreon back, you can watch it a day early. So we'll see you at the weekend. Bye-bye. Mom? 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.